Welcome back, audiophiles. We're back with the big finish, huge track we do with Rob Irwin from the Doctor Who Show. Welcome, Rob. Good to have you back with us again. Thank you. So we've got another list of 10. This is now episodes 40. No. Yes. 31 to 40. That's that right? the one. I'm cracking Good. through episodes. them. <laughs> you are. Uh, just, just give us some general impressions in terms of how you're finding moving through the journey. Because it's now... How, how many, when, do you know what months you started? How many months have you been doing this for now? I'm in COVID lockdown. I've lost track of all time and space. <laughs> I know. Is there <laughs> and time raises. <laughs> and, and raises. I know what you're saying. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, how, have you, how have you been finding the journey then? What have you, what have you discovered so far? Now you're 40 stories in. I've discovered something that we've mentioned on past episodes here, which is that Big Finish might have a ropey start, but pretty soon hits its stride and really gets into a, a real role. And in past groups of 10, I've really found it hard to sort of separate, you know, good stuff from the dross. Although in today's list, three stories creep in that I'm not so sure about. So is the rot setting in for Big Finish? Is it an aberration? I don't know. <laughs> so yes, we've, we've had um, two whole sessions where you've not had a bottom bad one. So we've got That's through right. more, than, more than 20 stories all together in a row. Um, and there's actually, there's a bit, yeah. a bit more both sides. So we look at more than two years of quality stuff where you couldn't find something you didn't like. And we'll, we'll get to the ones you don't like later. But let's mm -hmm. start with one of the ones we talked last time about Times of Midnight being this fan favourite that never gets any criticism. Yeah. And you've, I noticed you've put another two big ones on the top of this list. And as I said, this is, we've mentioned before, this is kind of, people talk about the golden age of Big Finish, this is kind of it, because you've got two episodes, Spare Parts and Jubilee, which are two of the most renowned ones. So tell us, yeah. Spare Parts, what did you think and why? I, I, it's the obvious choice, isn't it? Again, everyone names check, everyone name checks this. But sometimes things get name-checked for a reason. You know, I was banging on about this on a recent Doctor Who show, I, I'm pretty sure. They get name-checked for a reason. It's bloody great. Cybermen getting their creation story. Davo acting his socks off. Not that I don't think he normally does anyway. I think he is very good on Big Finish in general. And I think a lot of the imagery here informed World Enough and Time massively, um, which is quite interesting because Mark Platt got the credit for, what was it, Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel... <laughs> Which, which is nothing like this. Whereas I think Spare Parts is very much like World Enough in Time when you look at that, you know, broken down sort of cityscape and the, the place the Cybermen are, are, are coming from there. Even though it's on a spaceship, I know that. It's not Mondas. No credit at all, though, in the credits for Mark Flat. I find that quite interesting. Mm, I know what you're saying. But it's interesting, too, that, so this is the first top Davo store you've put in any of your sets. Uh, is often it? Dave falls. It is Dave often falls a lot further down for you. Um, I do think Big Finish often struggled to write well for him. Yeah, in I the mean, early days. In the early in the days. Early days. Yeah, yeah. Which which ties into the fact I've heard later Davo in general uh, in my Big Finish listening. But also, as I said earlier, I think his performances are very good, even if the stories aren't. He's kind of like the Matt Smith of Big Finish in these early years. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Now, fo closely followed by Spare Parts was Jubilee, which of course is another fan favourite of Big Finish. So was this the first time you'd heard Jubilee? Or have you heard this before as well? I, I had heard this one before because obviously with Rob Shearman writing Dalek in the first series of New Who, 
And people say, well, that's based on Jubilee. You should listen to Jubilee. So I, I had listened to Jubilee many, many, many years ago. Um, so many years ago, it felt like a new listen this time around. Um, you know, and you can see how it's the prototype for Dalek, absolutely. But it also has all this other bonkers stuff you'd never think of in a million years. You know, if you'd just seen Dalek on the telly. It's, not, it's not really like Dalek on the telly. Apart from the dialogue and, you know, making the Dalek talk and that kind of, those kind of elements are pulled out of it. And, but, and uh, Evelyn thinking it's okay, the Dalek is okay. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, of course, and then the story is so much bigger and it's all this bonkers stuff, you know. I think it's a little bit long. I started to get a bit bored at one point. But Shearman's writing is so creative and funny and just generally a cut above the rest that it kind of forgives that. And it, it, it's a very worthy number two on the list, without doubt. You had Holy Terror up very high on your list, I think it was a couple of months, a couple of sessions ago. And you can see the same sort of writing and similar characterizations and the, the black humor. Dalek was a fifth, I think Dalek was the 15th or 16th draft that Rod Sheeman did. I would love to read his first draft to see how similar his first draft is to this story. Because he had to keep changing for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, just, yeah I wonder if he had to pare it down a lot. Yeah, maybe. So your next number three is Neverland. Now, Neverland isn't a fan favorite particularly, but you put it very high on your list. So why have you put Neverland up there? Oh, I like this very much. I think McGann's Doctor goes together with Romana uh, very, very well. And the fact we were digging into some deep, deep, deep Time Lord history here, I thought was very interesting. Maybe is is that what didn't appeal to to fans? so long ago now it just seems very natural for us to dig into something like that well i re i remember hearing you say you're not very big on the doctor being kissy kissy or too emotional and here we have a big love scene between doctor and companion so that <laughs> didn't bother you no not particularly if if any of the doctors are going to be romantic heroes it's it's the byronic you know romantic hero that mcgann plays as the early eighth doctor at least you know it, it kind of fits yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it's a very powerful scene. But I think a lot of fans do react to the whole, yeah, I love you, I love you too, um, see that happens here. Right. Yeah, interesting. Okay. okay. But but it is big, it is epic. It ends the second series of McGann in a huge style. Yes. And once again, I think, I mean, I, at some stage we have to do a deep dive in the second series, Dwayne, because I just love the through lines. There's so many through lines as you list to every story where there's clues and clues to clues to clues. Um, it, it's very much modelled. Yeah, I think the new, new series gets some great ideas from what they did here by running some of those lines through and the way they recap and come back again. And you realise, you know, because there's stuff in... Um, last last time we talked to you, we talked about Season of Fear. Um, and there's, of course, characters that appear at the end of Season of Fear, which then reappear in this episode. So a lot of those things are there. Yes. Well, well, Don Warrington actually appears in uh, Invaders from Mars right at the very start of the season. There's a part in I noticed on the cast list he's there as a, a different character. So he's appearing throughout the season, and finally in Neverland we get to we get the big reveal. So yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. What an amazing voice actually Don Warrington has. He's the ultimate. Amazing, he's the he's ultimate. A, he's a fantastic wrestle on. Like just <laughs> breathtaking. Okay, Church and Crown. Back to another Davo. Back to Davo, and 
and like last time we're talking about Davao and ancient Egypt, here again is another very historical type story to the degree that even one of the cast has a double. You know, how 60s is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I, I like this this era in France with musketeers and things like that. I, I think that's that's a lot of fun. I, I just found it very listenable, you know, as, as I think I wrote on my blog, stories don't always have to be tricksy, timey-wimey bollocks. They, they can just be a nice straight adventure like this. I really enjoyed it. Why is Davo your doctor? Because you, you rave about him all the time. Why is Davo, <laughs> why is, why is Davo your man? Something about his uh, attitude that really resonates with me. He is a, he is a thoroughly decent gentleman. You know, he's he's the kind kind of doctor I could have a beer with and a conversation, and I don't think I'd get annoyed by them. I think I'd get annoyed by quite a few of the doctors, but Davo has a personality that resonates with me. I could get along with it. Hmm. Okay, was he was he your doctor when you were a kid, or not no, really? Not really. He was a, he was a bit early for me because I sort of came to fandom proper fandom when Colin was about to launch Trial of a Time Lord, which obviously crashed and burned. And then I watched Sylvester as a big fan. So you could almost say if if your Doctor is the one you watch the most as a kid and the one you remember the most, it's probably Sylvester, to be honest. But my older brother had liked Davison very much and had taped the shows and stuff. And I very quickly read all the targets and watched all of his shows and stuff as a fan and very quickly settled on him as as my favourite. So you think Trial of the Time will crash and burn? You don't think a season one arc-long story is a good idea? <laughs> no comment. It depends on how many episodes there are. With the new series being only eight, it may have a chance. We'll see what happens. Now, mm-hmm. your hit last time, um, in our last set of episodes was One Doctor, which was the Christmas special for Big Finish. Yes. Uh, now, this, this year's Christmas special by the same authors was Bang Bang A Boom. Tell us what you mm. thought about that. Well, this this is a very hard one to rate because it is very funny. You can see how the writing is very similar to, to that earlier story. However, it's a game of two halves. Every time I would listen to something and think, that's a very clever joke, or, oh, I get that reference, and so on. I'd also, on the flip side, think... Mm, it's kind of easy to take the piss out of Deep Space Nine, Babylon 5, shows like that. There are some very obvious jokes. Even sometimes it just hinges on a character having an overly American accent, you know. And and there's there's the funny, because something is being said in an American accent, just like it's, you know, 1994 American television. And I think, mm, that's a bit... Mm, you know, easy, maybe. Oh, I don't know, because I am enjoying it. It was really hard to sort of judge. I think tossing in Space Eurovision tipped it over the edge into, this is really bonkers and fun. Okay, lads, it's a good one. But it wasn't as clear-cut as uh, the earlier effort. I do wonder whether, um, I'm not sure the Australian and the American audience would quite get the whole Eurovision thing as well. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Eurovision fan, I must admit. We, um, as a family... I've been watching it for years because it's just such a big laugh. But I'm not sure that on the whole it's a big part of um, Australians and Americans' lives. Though I'm sure the, the British crowd would have got the Eurovision references. Um, oh, it's for funny sure, with the guy doing Wogan's, a Wogan impersonation, essentially, you know. Yeah. 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 It's funny because it's, it's, it's a song about a song contest, but there's no songs in it. 
<laughs> Maybe so, just as it, well. well. It's funny because Gary banned songs. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't let them have any songs if they wanted us. And he, the rule was at that stage, no songs, no matter what. And I then, think yeah, within, a, within some, a few episodes, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a musical episode. Yeah, I think some scenes open where a song is ending, but it's just sort of gibberish, and you know, it's meant to be some alien music or something. You know, yeah. Or the or the, the orchestra strikes up about to sing, and then yeah. the scene cuts. <laughs> All part of the humor. Uh, yeah. Sandman, another Colin Baker story, and even yeah, this is coming down the list a bit. I mean, I did like the premise that the Doctor is the big bogeyman for these people. And you think, how on earth has this happened? Because all through the lead-up, Colin's not denying that he is to these people. And it sets up quite an interesting mystery, actually, as to, um, you know, has he done all these terrible things to the to the Galari people or, or what? And I think it mostly paid off. No spoilers. No spoilers. Now, you know Annika Wills. Is Annika Wills coming back into Big Finish Fold with this story? She's playing one of the Kiliari. You can't recognise her voice at all. No, no. This is one where I knew she was in it. Um, and I even picked which one she probably was because I couldn't pick her as any of the other voices. But obviously it's a very processed sort of voice. Yeah, she's the main one. Ian, uh, Hogg. Ian Hogg is in this one too. So isn't wasn't he in Ghostlight? He was. Yep, it's a great cast. And Time of the Daleks is the last of your good ones, so this is 10. Yeah, this only just scrapes in. I mean, the Daleks and Shakespeare, can you get two more British things? And here they are together at last. Um, this general conceit that people are forgetting Shakespeare, but not everyone, is is actually the hook that gets you in. Uh, that's kind of interesting. And there is that little twist at the end, which I must say I saw a mile off. <laughs> and again, no right. spoilers. It's it's all right, and as I say, it's only just scraping into this list, but it's good enough to be there. It's it's listenable. It's it's fine. Yeah, and once again, there's actually a couple of other of this this season with Paul McGann, where Paul McGann, the Doctor, quotes Shakespeare, and people don't know who's quoting. Yes, it's sort of which is yeah. Once again, this sort of tie up. Okay, so for the first time in a long time, you put three that you think aren't favourable at all. So let's let's just quickly discuss those. Ish, what's your issue with Ish? <laughs> Uh, as i've said elsewhere i think writers writing about words and writerly things just bores me a lot in fiction so this just didn't go down with me well at all because of the premise i get that it gives colin something to play with because he loves words and saying words and all of this i can see how it plays to his strengths but this will this will annoy Dwayne. it gave me similar vibes to whispers of terror uh, which I didn't like at all either. It just, just the concept just doesn't gel with me. Uh, you know, I, I won't be going back to it. It is, it is supposed to give you similar vibes. And once again, it was a directive to try and do something on audio that only audio could do. Yes, Dwayne. I have to come on and defend this one. I enjoy this one a lot, of course. If I like <laughs> Whispers of Terror, and you're comparing it to that, um, the, uh, particularly the. Uh, the character of book um so i as a as someone who really uh, gets into these to sound design and how things feel and the vibe of things the 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 book itself was uh, just really one of the best voices i've heard in the in this first 50 absolutely incredible and i think the story does fall away a little towards the end a lot of the big finish stories that start off really promisingly 
have a tendency to fall away towards the end. So they're still honing that that craft a little bit there. But are they too long? Um, I can't remember how it's been ages since I've heard this one, but um, but I, I I will always go back to this one just to hear book going in my ears. I just love it, yeah. and I love the fact that Colin Baker loves loves his things with words. It's great. Yeah, this is still in the era where they seem to be all two hours or two hours twenty each. They are long, you know, and I queue them up and think, oh my god, really? <laughs> okay, now I'm going to defend the next one, but you have a go. Rapture, you didn't like. Yeah, I, I mean, parts of this really intrigued me. Like, even the cover and the design of the cover, I think, ah, oh, look what they're trying to do there. That looks like a, a, a CD cover from that era, you know? And the dance music, the, the setting on Ibiza, you know, these claims that the DJ is an angel and everyone has this amazing experience when they're dancing. It's like, oh, that's really interesting. And I was drawn in straight away. But then as it goes along and we get to spoilers ace's brother uh it just felt like the story just started to drag i think this was even one where i felt it was ending and then it still had another half an hour to go or something and i was like oh no it it just fell apart for me after a while after a promising start i think it holds together better than that but i mean as have a listen to what you think this is certainly part of an arc where they're trying to grow ace up and right. i'm not sure how successful well, well actually you'll be we'll see, see what you think in terms of this arc of you know Ace being grown up. In the end, they actually add a different character, which I think is what works best for her. But yeah, that's that's the side. If you want to was say it, about, um, I was just going to say, was it Colditz where she wanted to be called Dorothy at the end of Colditz? That's this, right. And this is continuing on from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she's Dorothy for a while, or McShay, McShane right. for a while too. Anything so, you want to say about the Rapture, Dwayne? Yes, I do. This is a, an, another one of those stories that starts off with a lot of promise but then it falls away in the second half and it, it kind of loses you this is joe lidster's first script for big finish um, and he was to go on to write some really yeah. really good stuff coming up very soon actually so even joe himself admits that this is not his finest hour um, and he's not completely happy with how it uh, how it turned out in the end but actually, I love the uh, the theme with the with the dance beat over the top of it. I think it, that sounds really good. I was I must have listened to it out of order or something originally because I remember always being confused by where where the McShane thing came in. So, but that's okay. I felt it was kind of laboured a bit that that whole yeah you got to call me McShane and all this kind of stuff. Mm. It, it just seemed to be very very laboured. Uh, I was much more interested in the in the story surrounding it. I can see why it's down. I can see why you've ranked it so low in your list, Rob. But um, but I still think it does have some 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 positive things about it. Well, we always we're always positive to about stuff, but that's that's us. Try to be. <laughs> now that being said, I do really agree with your last one. Okay. So, <laughs> embrace the darkness. Yeah, I mean, again, an eighth Doctor story. So I've heard it a long time ago. Re-listened to it now. It just doesn't gel with me. And I love Eighth Doctor audios in general. Uh, the cast, I find, outside of the Doctor and Charlie, are very unlikable. Some of them even forgettable. And so I instantly think, even while I'm listening to it, why, why am I caring about these people? You know, even when there's awful body horror type things happening to them, like their eyes are gone, you know. Oh my God, that's terrible. But I don't care about these people, so what does it matter? Uh, that sort of thing. 
I also feel it's a little too long for the concept. It, maybe it could be culled down to four tighter 25-minute parts or something, and it might be better. But I don't think it would still be amazing either. I mm, just doesn't gel with me at all, this one. I do wonder whether it crosses the line slightly in some of the screaming and some of those scenes. Um, I think, is this, is this directed by Nicholas Briggs as well as written by him? Yeah, it's one of the one of the Nick Briggs full productions. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, you, you can see a lot of Nick Briggs in it. He has a couple of, you know, we talk about he liked his timey wimey. He often mixes things up, but he also liked his base under siege uh, stories. And this is this is sort of the second set of of that. And body horror is another and trope bo- of his. And he and he does like his body horror. And it's interesting because I'm not sure how many he's directed before up to now. I don't think it would have been that many. Mainly it's Gary doing the directing, and Gary's a lot more gentle with his directing. Nick Nick will often be. Because it's his work, I think he maybe steps over that line and no one actually put him back. I do wonder if Gary directed this, whether, because those screams at one stage are horrific. Mm. And yeah, and, and I, you know, they do talk about if, you know, if you're going to hurt someone and make someone pain, you should believe us. But I think this is a bit too over the top. Dwayne, what do you think? Yeah, my overriding memory of Embrace the Darkness is. I see Nick Briggs's name on it. I think, oh, that must be a good one. But I still remember the sound design and those sounds coming into my ears that were not too pleasant. And I think that is a lot to do with it. Maybe not the story so much, but some of that sound design had a had a quite a negative impact on me. I recall. Yeah, it's it's good, but I think you're. I think it made me feel ill the first time mm. I heard this. I think I actually felt ill with what was going on because yeah. I could I could hear it and see it. So mm. yeah, my I do think that this, this there's one more coming soon which I think is the worst the Big Finish has ever done. We'll see whether you notice it when you get to it, but we'll see. I think it's one it, I'm struggling to get through at the moment. Well, Does I'll it start with what... an N? Could yes, do. It does. Could do. Okay, <laughs> then it is the one I'm struggling to get through at the moment. Okay, good. Well, listen, Rob, thanks so much for your opinions. Again, great to have these next 10. Can I well, just ask, at... uh, just mm. just give us a plug for your for your blog so that anyone who wants to go back and have a look at your list and your other entries, where can we find those? Oh, sure. Policebox.net is where I blog. Usually not about Doctor Who. <laughs> Lots of stuff. And, and of course, we find you three times a month on the Doctor Who show. Do you want to tell us anything more about that? Absolutely. A, a big monthly show each month and two shorter 20-minute shows. You can catch them all, stream them from the website at thedwshow.net. And if you really like them, subscribe on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Fantastic. Thanks for coming along, Rob. We're looking forward to hearing your next 10 soon. Pleasure to be on. Yeah.